Galatians chapter number 5, this series on fruit grows where the stream flows. We all know the importance of water and a great symbol in the Word of God, water, the Holy Spirit giving life. You know, I love this whole thought here. And we're going through this, these fruits of the Spirit, experiencing the Spirit of, of God in our lives. Tonight, we're, we're on a good one of these fruits. And so notice that we're going to cover the fruit of goodness. And the Bible says in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such there is no law. And tonight we're going to talk about goodness. This is a good one, all right? And, and I love studying about this this afternoon. It's something that all of us need to have in our lives. And here's why. Because in every relationship in life, there are things that are toxins. They, they have potential elements uh, that could bring about destructive capacity in our lives. So what God has done for us as His children we understand this, that God, through His Holy Spirit, has provided a cleansing agency for us to help us in this matter of restoration in our relationships. And what is that, uh, that cleansing agent? It's this attribute of goodness. All of us need to understand this matter of goodness. Look what the Bible says about us in Ephesians 5 and verse 8, talking about us in the past that we were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk ye as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit, notice this, is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. So the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, the spiritual fruit of goodness. Now someone defined this spiritual fruit this way. Here's what he said. It's uprightness of heart and life. It is virtue equipped and ready at every point. Now think about that. Because as he gave that definition, I really believe that he was thinking about Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10. Look at this. As we have therefore what? Opportunity. Okay, now we look, every day God gives us opportunities, right? You're going to go to work tomorrow. You're going to go to the store tomorrow. I mean, there are many places you'll go tomorrow. And you know, with every place you go, there are opportunities. And look what he says in Galatians 6.10. As we have therefore opportunity, look at this admonition. By the way, when you see the words, let us, many times in the word of God, that's the imperative mood. That means command. God is commanding us when we have an opportunity, look at what he says. Let us do what? Good unto how many people? All men. And then he adds on to this, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. So God tells us, look, this, this fruit of goodness, he says all of us, as he defined here, is we need to be ready at every point because as God gives us opportunities, listen, a spirit-filled Christian is somebody that desires to do good for other people. I hope that's your heart and life is, I want to do good for other people. I want to be good because, listen, when we are good to others, guess who we're reflecting? We're reflecting our God because God is so good. By the way, God's good all the time, is He not? 
So when you think about that, listen, God gives us these opportunities. Now, the world, when you look at the world and they take something like being good, they have their own interpretation of what goodness is to them. But the Bible tells us that God is the example of goodness, all right? Here's a great example of that in Psalm 100, verse number 5. Look at the words, for the Lord is good. And then it says, his mercy is what? Everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. Aren't you glad that God's truth wasn't just for Peter and Paul and the rest of the apostles, that God has preserved it to you, to our generation? See, God is good. A lot of times when people say, well, I just don't know how to live life. I don't know how to get through the day. I don't know how to handle problems. I don't know how to raise a family. Listen, God's given us his truth. God is so good to give us the manual to tell us how we need to live our lives. He's given us instruction, and God's, God is so good to us in so many ways, and it is through him that we see the fruit of goodness, and we see this in action. Let me, let me give you some examples here. Look at the first one in your notes there in Romans 8, 28. Notice God works for our good. You know the verse. We know that all things work together for what? For good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. You know, listen, our God is so good that he can take a trial and turn it into a blessing. Only God can do that, all right? So notice when I think about God being the example of goodness, God works for our good. Notice also God gives good gifts. Uh, look, folks, God doesn't, God doesn't make junk and God doesn't give junk. God makes good things. I love, that's one of the aspects I love about the Genesis account, the creation account, is that every day after God created, God said, and it is good, and it is good. See, what man does is man touches it, and it's no longer good. <laughs> but God, look at, he gives good gifts. James said, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. It cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So look, God works for our good. God gives good gifts. Now listen, we all know this. Jesus is God's son, right? Jesus is God. So when Jesus was on this earth, what did he do? He displayed the goodness of God. Now notice what it says in Acts chapter 10. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, and notice what it says, who went about doing what? Good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So Jesus himself was an example of the goodness of God. He displayed the goodness of God. And the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What did Jesus do? Jesus went about doing good. You can't see anywhere in the scriptures that Jesus went and did something bad. Jesus only did that which pleased his Father. Everywhere he went, he did that which was good. Notice another thing that I see about God is God is the source from which the fruit of goodness flows. And as we think about him being the source, there are three ways, and this is the lesson for us tonight, all right? We've looked at God, and we've looked at him being the example of goodness. Jesus was the example of the goodness of God when he was on this earth. There are three ways that I want you to see tonight that each one of us need to see 
this same goodness flowing through our lives, okay? If we're going to reflect the Lord, if we, want to, if we want others to see Jesus in us and God working through us, notice the first thing that we need to do is we need to recognize our need for God's goodness. You have to start there. God, I need to understand what your goodness is. I need it in my life. I need to take a look at my life and see if there are places or things in my life that are lacking goodness, okay? So notice, as we want to stop and think about our need, we recognize, first of all, that our original nature is not good. When you think about mankind as a whole, which includes all of us, sin begins in the heart of a person. We're all sinners. You know, I was reading today, and sometimes you see pictures of a worm coming out of an apple. Has anybody ever seen a worm in an apple? I actually have. And a lot of times you think to yourselves that that worm actually found its way into that apple and then it's exiting out of that apple. But the truth is, is that what happens is, is that an egg is laid on that apple blossom so that when that apple begins to grow, it grows around that and then that that worm is on the inside, and what it's doing is it's working its way from the inside out. Well, that's the same exact way in our lives when it comes to sin, that Adamic nature that we have, that we inherited from our father, Adam, that it's inside of each one of us, and it's working its way out. In other words, it's working its way out through our thoughts, through our words, through our actions. Can I tell you tonight, listen, you and I, we have no ability to produce good fruit on our own. We, we just can't because we're sinful people. The Bible says, wherefore as by one man, there it is, that's Adam, the first man, wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for all have sinned. See, that's our, our original nature and our nature is not good. The Bible speaks of the fallen sin nature of man. Look at Romans 3.12. They are all gone out of the way. They are all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. Everybody see the scripture. The Bible says there's nobody doing good. No, not one. See, our original nature, it's just not good. In and of ourselves, we cannot produce goodness because of our nature. Notice letter B, we cannot produce true goodness. Paul writes, and this is a great passage in Romans 7, I've given you just verse 18 tonight, he says, For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no, what? Good thing. I mean, now listen, honestly, if you ask me who were some great Christians in the Bible, Paul's one of them I would list. Now this is after he got saved. Notice I said Christian. The man did more for the cause of Christ probably in the Word of God than anybody else outside of the Lord Jesus. But this man, writing under the inspiration of God, says, listen, there is nothing good in me. He says, for the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. Isaiah said, we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. He says, we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. A lot of people have tried to be good. You know, you talk to 
folks, especially some of you come from the same kind of religious background that I came from, many of those folks that are caught up in that, if you ask them, they believe they're good people. But even those people who try to live a good life, according to the Word of God, they, as well as everyone else, we all fall short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. See, we can't produce true goodness. And we must recognize that God's righteousness, not ours, because the Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. But God's righteousness, it empowers us to express or to have and display the fruit of goodness. See, all of us, if we're going to have this in our lives, then notice the second point tonight, because as we recognize our need for the goodness of God, notice number two, we need to receive Christ as our Savior. I hope that everyone here tonight knows the Lord as your personal Savior. But if we're going to have true goodness, if we're going to have this fruit of goodness, we can't bear the fruit of goodness without Jesus inside of us. It's impossible without the Lord in your lives. And you, when you receive Christ as your Savior, the Bible says the Holy Spirit of God, He dwells, He indwells us. He, he moves inside. He takes up residence. Uh, you know, listen, some of us that have worked with children over the years, that's always an interesting discussion with children. You know, they're, you're, you're telling them what the Bible says, how the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of them. And they're like, what? How did He get in there? You know, and I'm going to tell you some of those discussions with kids, I mean, they are, they are some fun conversations, you know. But, but here's the thing is, is Jesus said, notice letter A here, that all of us, that we must be born of his spirit. There, listen, if we're going to bear the fruit of goodness, then we have to be born again. Remember the conversation in John 3 that Jesus had with Nicodemus? And this man was a religious man. He knew the scriptures. And Jesus is sitting here with Nicodemus, and he says unto him, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. He says, look, you've got to understand, Nicodemus, to be born of the water is physically. To be born of the Spirit is a spiritual birth. Notice the word, ye must be born again. It's a second birth, okay? And, and it, you know, again, Nicodemus says, well, how can, I, how can this happen? Should I enter into my mother's womb a second time? He's trying to understand this from a physical aspect, but this new birth that Jesus is describing to Nicodemus, it is a spiritual birth. When we receive Christ, we receive a new nature. Now, this is where it gets good, because we just talked about what our old nature is like, that we're all sinners, that none of us can produce the fruit of goodness by ourselves. That's why we need to have a new nature, so that we can produce this fruit of goodness in our lives. We are being changed from the inside out. It's like that worm that's making its way out of the apple. Look, when we get born again, watch this. The Holy Spirit of God moves inside of us. The Holy Spirit of God indwells us. And what happens is, is that we're a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. This new nature helps us. It's changing us. 
But the best part is it's changing us from the inside out. Only the, uh, after the Holy Spirit indwells us do we begin to see this matter of the goodness develop in our lives. Look in Ephesians 4 there in your notes. He, the Bible instructs us to put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt. He says, according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on. So notice there is the putting off part of it. And then he says, if you're going to put some things off, you got to replace it to put on some things. And he, here's what he says, put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness. Now again, it's not our righteousness. Our righteousness is as filthy rags, Isaiah said. But see, the righteousness of God's own dear son has been imputed unto us. It's been placed on our account. And he says here that, listen, all of us need to have this spiritual birth, this new birth. But then notice the new birth that he's describing is not only spiritual, but it is also something that is eternal. This is something that if the Lord allows me, I want to spend some time Sunday morning in the message about this. But notice what Jesus said in John 10. He says, I give unto them what kind of life? Eternal life. Now listen, only God can give us eternal life. When, you're, when you were born into this world, you were given life. By the way, you've, you were given life by God. You will only live in this life as long as God wants you to live. This life will end for all of us. But see, there is life after. I'm not talking about an afterlife. I'm talking about eternal life. See, there's a lot of people that have some misconceptions. But again, the only thing we have, as I mentioned earlier, is God is so good that He has given us His Word, and His Word tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. See, this spiritual life, this new birth, it's also an eternal life. And the Bible says, Jesus says here, that he says, I give unto them eternal life, that they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. That means God is holding us, in his hands. Uh, listen, my grip is not what it used to be. You know, the other day I was trying to open something. I tried a couple of times and then I handed it to my son-in-law and he opened it right away. And I said, that's because I loosened it for you. You know, but there's no grip like God's grip. God's never going to let us go. He said, I'll never leave you. See, it's an eternal Life, this birth is not only spiritual, but it's eternal. We can only go to heaven if we have received Jesus as our Savior. In the book of Acts, when the Lord had already gone back to be with the Father, and there was this discussion how they were trying to threaten the disciples of the Lord. I love what they say in Acts 4 and verse 12, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must. Remember what Jesus said to Nicodemus? You must be born again. They're still saying the same thing. Jesus is in heaven. And they're telling people, listen, 
You have to be saved. You must be born again. And so notice here that if we are going to have the fruit of goodness, all right, we can't produce it ourselves because of our nature. But notice that we can as, as we receive Christ as our Savior. We will be born of His Spirit, and then letter B, we will also will partake of His divine nature. Okay, now this is, this is a wonderful thing, and I hope you understand this tonight, that when we are born of His Spirit, we become partakers of His divine nature, the Bible says. In other words, His goodness is produced through our lives. Look what Peter writes here. Look at these words. According as His divine power hath given unto us. Just stop there and think about that, okay? Remember, Paul says, in me dwelleth no good thing. But notice now, it, we have a new nature. Now it's God's power working in us and working through us. See, God can produce that fruit of goodness. And notice what Peter says. He says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. In other words, the nature, his nature, the very nature of God is to do good. And that nature is now in us. We are partakers of his divine nature. Do you get that tonight? I hope you understand tonight that you are, you are, your old things are passed away. God has given you a new nature and it's all made possible because when you got saved, the Holy Spirit took up residence in your life. And now notice that it is God's nature in our lives to do good. So notice here that as we think about this, that you and I, as we think about living in this world, that we on our own, that we cannot produce this matter of goodness. And we need to recognize our need to have God's goodness in our lives then there has to be a time where we receive Christ as our Savior. But watch number three, because this is where really we need to put this into practice. Notice, then what do we need to do is we need to reveal the goodness of God to a lost world. See, people need to see through our lives the good that we do, that it is God working in us. When we do things, oftentimes, here's what's going to happen is people are they're going to be amazed when you do something that goes against human nature. They're going to think to themselves, I've never seen anybody like that. I've never seen anybody that's so good to somebody. Now, again, they might equate it in the wrong way. But God tells us that we need to, if we're filled with His Spirit, we're saved by the grace of God, then what do we need to do? We need to shine the light of truth. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your what? They may see your what? Good works. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. See, that's what God wants us to do is to realize that He's, listen, as He gives us His Spirit and, and He gives us His righteousness, we have His divine nature that now that goodness is produced, that fruit of goodness is produced 
in our lives. And the reason that it is being produced is to reveal to a lost world who our God is and how God is good to every one of us. See, being, being good, as somebody said, being good is what you are on the outside. Doing good is what people see on, excuse me, being good is what you are on the inside. Doing good is what people see on the outside. It's the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. So a couple thoughts about this matter of revealing the goodness of God to a lost world. Notice the first one is goodness is found in the Word of God. And again, we find our premise for this goodness in the Bible. And so I want you to see this because we can't know what is good by our own feelings. If, if you look at the scriptures and you study the life of Christ, here's what you find is Jesus never relied on his own feelings. Jesus relied on the word of God. You know, listen, I, I, I can't imagine what it would have been like to, to be led of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. 40 days, he was without food. Jesus never gave in to those temptations. What did he do? He relied on the word of God. You know, have you, not, have you never read what it says in the scriptures? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. See, Jesus wasn't relying on his feelings. Can I tell you, there's going to be days in your lives where you're not going to feel like being a Christian. Okay, so we shouldn't rely on our feelings. We need to rely on the Word of God because God's Word is truth. We need to rely on what Jesus did. And sometimes we see people in life, maybe you have, make decisions when our hearts are not following the Word of God. And when this happens, when our hearts are not following the Word of God, it leads us down a path to destruction. Look what the Bible says in Micah 6. He has showed thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God? Now, many times you see people making all kinds of bad decisions, but notice what the Bible says, he hath showed thee. God's showed us, God's given us his word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's given us his word so that we have something to follow, so that we can, we can reveal the goodness of God to others in this world that we live in. We should be faithful to God through the instruction of his word. The Bible says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? I mean, how's that going to happen? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. The psalmist says, order my steps in thy word. We need the word of God in our lives to help us because goodness is found in the Word of God. But notice, secondly, goodness is cultivated through godly fellowship. Now, this is important. I mentioned even Sunday, we're going to have an opportunity to get together as Christian brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, listen, we need to have fellowship. Say, why? Because fellowship is something that God's given us in His Word. It is something that He talked about in the first century church. We need, to, and by the way, it's not just fellowship, it's godly fellowship. There's a difference. And as we consider this, look what the Bible says in Hebrews 10. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and what? Good works. See, listen, you know, iron sharpening iron 
That means that, that we ought to provoke each other in a good way, to do good things. And, and the Bible says that when you think of God's goodness, it's cultivated many times through the right kind of fellowship. The right kind of fellowship produces the right kind of behavior. It may take maybe somebody in your life, and I've had people in my life that have helped me, they have mentored me to, to, to help me to understand, to integrate goodness into my life on a daily basis. Now watch this, as I have learned from them what it means to have godly fellowship and to integrate goodness into my life, then what the Bible wants me to do then is then take that goodness and spend time practicing that goodness with other people. In other words, provoke them, share that goodness with those that are around you. Goodness is cultivated through godly living, godly fellowship. But then notice the third thing about this matter of revealing the goodness of God to a lost world is that goodness is revealed through a walk with Christ. You know, how's your walk with the Lord? Because it is revealed with the proper walk with the Lord. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, and you know verses number 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But verse 10, a lot of times we don't, we don't talk about it, but look at the verse. We are his workmanship. Notice the words, created in Christ Jesus unto what? Unto good works. Now this is right after those famous verses that we use for salvation. But notice, that, again, we're not saved by our works, but once we are saved, created in Christ Jesus, there ought to be some goodness that's coming out of our lives. Why? Because of what God has done in our hearts. The Bible says God hath before, before ordained that we should walk in them. God saves us by His grace, but we are His workmanship. We were created to serve Him. God saved you. He's left you here. Why? To serve Him. You know, God's not looking for... He doesn't save us so we can sit on the bench. What God wants every Christian to do is to say, Lord, I want to get in the game. I don't want to sit on the bench. I want to, be, I want to participate. I want to get involved. And as we follow God, good works will come forth in our lives. I just read Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine. You know, hide it under a bushel? No. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine. You know, a lot of times, people or things or the life that we live makes our light grow dim. But listen, God, again, gives us what? Opportunities. And He wants us to do something. And the things that we can do as we reveal His goodness to a lost world is that we can do something in people's lives of eternal significance. Listen, think about, think about just witnessing to people. You know, the goodness of God. God saved me. God was good to me. And listen, when I go out knocking on doors and talking to people about the Lord, I'm not, I'm not scoring brownie points with God. I'm not, I'm not earning some, some kind of badge, Christian badge. It doesn't make me one of the 144,000. You know, I'm doing it because of the goodness of God. And I want to try to help somebody else understand God's goodness. Listen, here's a great example of the good work of serving. Look at the Bible says in Acts 9, verse 39, Peter arose and went with him, and when he was come, 
They brought him into an upper chamber, and all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. There's a lady in the Bible that oftentimes we don't talk a lot about her. But you know what? God got a hold of her heart. The goodness of God was working in her life. And she thought to herself, you know, listen, I don't know what I can do for the Lord. But she says, one thing I can do is I can sew things. I can make things. And that's what she did. Here's all these ladies standing around weeping. Why? Because she had allowed God's goodness to work through her to touch other people's lives. What a wonderful thing. I mean, certainly, I don't think that Dorcas would have ever thought the impact that that would have had on all those ladies, but it did. See, she revealed the goodness of God. When the Holy Spirit impresses something on us to do something for others, listen, don't think about it. Don't deliberate about it. Just do it. You know, if God puts something on your heart, just do it. You'll never regret. My pastor always says, obey every impulse of the Holy Spirit of God, especially in this area of doing good for others. Make the most of every opportunity to serve people. See, in the early church, when you go back and look in the book of Acts and a few other places in the Word of God, here's what you find. Because they were closely associated with Jesus, they were criticized and they were ridiculed. And if you, listen, if you live for the Lord today, you're, you're probably finding the same thing. Because the Bible says, all they that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And persecution comes in many forms. But in the first century, these people that were highly criticized, here's what you find is instead of these people complaining, and instead of them quitting, they were faithful, how? In good works. They were faithful. Look at Peter writes in 1 Peter 2.12, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, look at this, the Gentiles, what are they going to do? When they see your good works, when they see you being faithful to do good things, to reveal God's goodness to this world, the Bible says that those very same people that are criticizing you will glorify God in the day of visitation. <laughs> Remember what Jesus said? Here's what he said. By their fruits, ye shall know them. I wonder what kind of fruit your life is producing. One fruit that God wants us to be producing by his Holy Spirit, because listen, it's not going to be produced by our sinful nature. Is the spirit the fruit of goodness? See, listen, I'm not saying that we're good because, listen, we're, we're only saved by the grace of God. But we have a good God, and he needs to be revealed to this world, and the way he can be revealed is through the fruit of goodness. Let's pray tonight. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to serve you. And Lord, may we uh, do good things in life now that we are saved that would reveal you to this lost world that we live in. Lord, help us, help us tomorrow. Give us opportunity and Lord, help us to take 
advantage of those opportunities to do good unto all men, especially those that are of the household of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.